Welcome back to the Purple Stethoscope. Happy Mother's Day to all the mamas, the mamas-to-be, the moms who have said goodbye to their children, those of you who celebrate your mothers, and those of you who celebrate the memory of your mothers. Today, I have with me Dr. Lauren Madlock, and we are continuing the discussion about mental health during quarantine. So get comfortable, grab some tea. We're just talking. We're just talking. You're listening to The Purple Stethoscope. I am your host, Devin Nixon, family nurse practitioner. None of the information in this podcast is sufficient nor intended to diagnose your personal medical issue, but there's a lot to learn. So let's start the show. All right, you guys. So if you were listening last week, you heard my husband and I kind of informally talk about um, mental health and and the increased needs given the current pandemic. We talked a little bit about crisis, but I had to go find you somebody who specializes in mental health. So with me today is Dr. Lauren Madlock. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Devin. Hi, Dr. Devin. <laughs> Not yet. No, no doctorate, <laughs> but that's all right. We're out here serving the people. I wanted to ask you, what have you noticed that's different, you know, pre-pandemic as opposed to now with regard to your clientele and how things are operating for people seeking mental health services? Wow. Yeah. So I think in, in some ways, um, those people who I I was previously working with, I think those particularly with, um, anxiety disorders, um, in some ways have fared better, um, with this, this pandemic, uh, which sounds, um, interesting or even ironic, but I, I think part of the reason for that is, um, the, the, the high alert has been there. So they, they feel like they've been either, uh, storing up for something to happen and now that thing has happened and so they feel well prepared. Um, or we've been working on things in therapy and using skills that again, now they're, they're able to use, right. Or they're just kind of like, okay, right. This, this feels like a, a heightened sense of, of what I typically deal with. And then there are other people who have been, of course, just completely like blindsided and they're, and they're really struggling. Um, I think collectively though, we are all, um, dealing with adapting to a new normal. Um, so there's a lot of worry, confusion about not only what is, but certainly what will be. Um, and in some ways, um, I think there can be some comfort in knowing that we, we share experiences with people. Um, and then in other ways it can be very frightening and disheartening. Um, so like most things, uh, regarding the human condition, it varies across a spectrum. Um, but that's, that's the short answer there. Yeah. It's, you know, I have said, in previous episodes with previous guests that I have never struggled with anxiety and Mm -hmm. I finally feel like I'm beginning to understand what people mean when they say they're, they're just anxious. I'm like, about what? (laughs) But but now I'm like, Oh, about all of this. All the things. Right. Right. That question, 
and, and right, that question is kind of the answer in this case, right? About what? Because because we there's so much that's unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much that's unknown. So it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm having this kind of looming tension or anxiety or I feel stressed a lot. About what? And that's just it. It's the unknown. Um, there's just so many variables, um, right? Our, our minds uh, work best off of patterns. And everything's been shuffled up, right? Everything's just kind of this jigsaw puzzle and trying to put the pieces back together. Right. And there might be some pieces we don't have. And so our, our minds are working overtime to make sense of things. Because um, we've so lost yeah. our rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so you tell me, tell the the listeners a little bit more about what you do. You are a psychologist. I am. And the field of psychology is, is broad. I'm a clinical psychologist. So I guess to put it uh, in layman's terms, uh, right. I studied and then um, I can and work with, I guess, right. Pathology. Now I don't want to make that sound too terrible, but understanding, right. Mental health disorders. Um, so I'm not like an organizational psychologist or a social psychologist. I work with mental health disorders um, in my uh, daily, I guess, role and routine. I'm a psychotherapist. Um, so I work with individuals, adults, um, and then also uh, I I do psychotherapy groups. So yeah, but I'm a clinical psychologist. So when you say psychotherapy, is that Uh what people might just call going to therapy? That's exactly what we call going to therapy. Okay, just just trying to keep it really plain as possible because thank you. No, well for me too because I'm trust me I'm guilty. I do that all the time. So you see people in therapy. I do, and now people are losing their income, their jobs are compromised. Are there ways of accessing mental health care um, on a sliding scale or or group therapies or, or community offerings where people can get the assistance that they need navigating this pandemic or is it just like, damn the bad luck, no job, no money, can't pay, you know, what is that? Right, right, Yeah. yeah. So I can give a few examples. So, for example, um, I'm in the state of California. So, right, I can speak to things that I, I know are available. Other thing I will say, I work I work for a large managed care organization. And um, and so in, in that setting, right, um, you can imagine there are people who have been covered under a certain benefit plan and, like you said, have lost their jobs. Um, I think a lot of employers and even insurance providers um, are being um, more compassionate, right, during this time. We've seen things where people um, are, you know, um, can miss a month's rent and and similarly. So there might be circumstances where coverage remains intact. Um, Clearly, that's going to vary by individual. If you know, but then there's also their community resources that were available and continue to be available um, outside of the pandemic, um, right? Yeah. Um, and those can be training sites. Um, so I, right when I was when I was going through graduate school, um, I worked in my um, programs clinic, for example, and we offered uh, low fee and sliding scale services. Um, I you see. know. Ter- like part, uh, part of the school. So if, if somebody uh-huh. is 
um, in the vicinity of a university, maybe they can yep. contact the the health care services or the student health services department and see if that's available. Absolutely. Even, Absolutely. even if they're not a student at that university. Right. So um, in where I went to um, graduate school, there was it was a large university, George Washington University. So they had student health services. And then there was our clinical psychology program and we ran our own clinic. So that's frequently the case. Right. So right. because they're individuals in training, they offer them at very low rates and and or on a sliding scale. You know, within the community, there are providers um, who have, again, long offered sliding scale rates. And, um, you know, and I'm certainly not going to speak for every uh, therapist out there, um, but I think during this time, it it could be easier to find individuals who are willing to uh, reduce their rates further or who already have. I'll put some links in the show notes um, for people who are looking for care. And I I have another friend who's a psych mental health nurse practitioner and has her own business. But also, I don't want to say this wrong. I want to say it's give an hour. Um, There's a program that she, you know, does an hour a week of free services uh-huh, for somebody uh-huh. and a lot yep. of people participate in that. So I'll put that link in the show notes for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, so there's other than like referral sources um, through, through all sorts of kind of like organizations like therapy for black girls, for example. Right. And then yes. they partner with other organizations um, who create basically grants and funding for people to further be able to access uh, mental health services, um, local religious organizations, right, or other social clubs. Um, sure. So I know in our area, churches will, again, either ask providers to come in and run certain types of groups, and those might be around grief, they might be around marriage and, you know, uh, partnership and things of that nature, um, or they, they, again, provide money for people to then otherwise be able to access those services. Um, and then through, through insurance, um, let's say you are a person who maybe has lost, um, benefits of coverage. Um, some insurance providers will again, provide kind of a gap insurance situation or might, um, if, if the expectation is that you will, um, regain your employment, either where you were previously employed or you highly anticipate that you will get new employment, they will, um, they have kind of, uh, this honor system where you can say, yeah, I lost coverage like last week, right? Because my hours got reduced or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, can you believe me? Right. Um, and they'll either agree, they'll agree to kind of start billing or looking into these billing inquiries much, much further in the future. Um, because the understanding is that your insurance will get reinstated in some way. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Dr. Lauren, since we have you, (laughs) I would love to just get a little bit of advice from you um, about things that people may be dealing with right now because it's pandemic. So, yes, the the job loss and the financial stuff is is, you know, on, on everyone's mind, but. We are also stuck. I shouldn't even use the word stuck. We are also <laughs> uh, with our families a lot more. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
So I'll use myself in as, as an example, you know, protect HIPAA, but my, <laughs> my husband is home. You know, he is working from home. My children are schooling from home. I'm used to having a ton of time to myself, either commuting to my job or going out with my girlfriends, what have you. Um, Now I am in a house with three males (laughs) and I love it. It started out great. I think it's all going pretty great, but there are times when I am just like, I need a break from these people. I need to figure out where to go. No, I don't have an essential trip. I just, I feel like I'm going to lose my mind if I don't have some me time. How can we create space and boundaries when we are all sheltering in place, you know, together? together so it's so funny you say that right and 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 I I would imagine or I've heard from other people that then right kind of the idea that you might even need space from people who are so beloved to you right can in some cases induce like guilt or you know right so the the short answer is take the space (laughs) y'all take the space um we all need it, right? It's good for you. It's good for the other. Um, but is it that you want to do your grocery shopping alone, right? Mm-hmm. Make that target trip alone. Do you want to put on your mask, get in the car, and do that for an hour by yourself? Mm. Um, do you want to find um, a, a nature space that you can go to? Um, especially now that things are starting to loosen up a little bit, right? Are there, if parks were previously closed, um, I'm a huge fan of getting outside just for like these short walks. I do multiple a day. Um Asking for, in general, asking for what you need and not doing it right when, when your temper is already flared. Right. Um, but maybe, you know, establishing a new set of like uh, house rules or norms, right? Where one, you, you bring everybody together and say, you know, guys, like I, I talked to my therapist or, right? <laughs> I, I, or I had this great idea. I tell people to use me as a scapegoat all the time. Or I say, you know what, guys, look, I came up with this great idea. Or my therapist said, you know, we should kind of rethink, right? What does family time look like? Mm-hmm. And I think part of that for us can be um, taking our own individual time. So whether for son, it's, you know, when you're doing, I don't know, Xbox or whatever it is, sons, your son's age do, right? You got it. (laughs) You (laughs) nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) You get to do that uninterrupted by mom and dad or a sibling for however long. And likewise, right, when I retreat into the bedroom, I'm going to ask for X amount of time alone. That sort of thing. So just really asking for what you need, but doing it at a time where, right, everyone is together and relatively in a good space. Okay. Um, Not when I'm about to blow my top. Got it. (laughs) Got it. You know, another thing that I'm hearing so much of, and maybe it's a symptom or an outcome from the previous, but dealing with a breakup during quarantine do you have any quick tips or graces or encouragement for those folks who um, were in distance relationships and now can't travel to see each other or were together and have or are going through a breakup do you know I don't know that my advice 
for that would be in 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 the times of Rona would be any different than than pre Rona. Maybe maybe the advice for for couples who are distanced but still together and trying to navigate that. Um, But in terms of the breakup, um, it's going to be the same. We we I guess get over by really going through. So feeling what you feel and finding some sort of way to, to be okay with whatever comes, whatever emotions come up. Um, so if it's sadness, of course, right. It's a loss. There, there's grief in a breakup. Um, there might be anger. There might be that cousin of anger, some resentment, but whatever it is, um, feel it, feel it, feel it. The more we, we resist, um, our emotions, we they we tend to intensify them, and it's also that then becomes an act of of self neglect. Mm. So when we ignore the things Ooh. that we feel and what we're experiencing, that's actually is an act of like self neglect. I love and, that wording. Yeah. I love that because everyone yeah. knows neglect is not good. Yeah, self neglect yeah. is a thing. I hadn't I hadn't heard it put that way. That's awesome. Yeah, and so, right, we want to, and what do we need in, in times of, of loss and confusion? We actually need self-nurturance. We need to be nurtured. We need to be taken care of. And so that's why we want to, to be with those emotions and then find ways to soothe and to, to really nurture what it is we're experiencing in those moments. Yeah, I think I think it's it's like a lot of these breakups maybe would have happened anyway, but because we're forced to face the music right now. Mm-hmm. And so we maybe, don't have all those distractions. That's right. That's yeah. right. So yeah. maybe it's an opportunity to get some of your time back and maybe Do looking you at it. You know what? <laughs> Come Devin, on. Devin, yes. Okay. So when, when reclaiming, we should do a whole episode. Look, reclaiming space and time. So when people experience breakups, my, my, my question for folks is okay. The hurt, the pain, the anger, the devastation, whatever it is. And what's the opportunity here? Right. You were just given a gift. Mm. Doesn't feel like it right now, but you were just given a gift. So what are we, what are we going to do with this opportunity? I'm going to cry and eat ice cream and drink too go. much alcohol. <laughs> you can do that too in moderation, <laughs> right? But like, what, is it the gift of time? Yeah. Is it the gift of insight? Is it the gift of the next beautiful relationship that's going to come your way? Is it the gift that you can give yourself of self-care, of self-love, of getting out of a toxic situation? Whatever it is. And maybe it wasn't toxic, but there's something there, right? Right. right. And so how do we how do we harness this opportunity? I how do we see that. it? I don't as think, an opportunity as well. Yeah, I don't I don't think that the pandemic is making problems for people that they can't overcome as much as it's providing the space and the insight to say, you know what? I don't know if this is what I want to be doing right now. And maybe I've had these feelings and haven't really acted on them because of all the distractions. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm trying to think of anything else that, you know, you're, you're a therapist, you're a psychotherapist and you're here on the purple stethoscope. What would the people want to know? I don't know. But I, I think that, you know, especially in our culture, some of the stigma 
of therapy is uh-huh. it's changing. And I I am um I don't know what generation I am. Girl, I'm like the the first millennial or Gen I X or we, Gen Y. Yeah, I think we're on that cusp of I've looked into this quite a bit. <laughs> uh, um, and I won't go into the reasons why. But we are technically millennials, which feels very, very at least to me, young and, and icky in certain ways, but we're technically millennials. Yeah. Um, and, but yes, we, we are the, we are so the old millennials. Here, we are the old millennials. Here is my issue. Um, with not with being a millennial, I honest, I think millennials are great. I've learned so much from millennials. I would not be sitting here podcasting and editing true, this true and that, doing true. that without, yeah. you know, seeing the the younger millennials, you know, navigate that and do it so confidently. And I used yes. to judge. I used to be so judgy, like, why don't you just get a job and punch a clock like everybody else? <laughs> and now I'm like, you know what? This is cool. Making my own schedule and calling my own shots. But one of the more toxic things that I bring from the generation before me are some of my thoughts about therapy. Now, I just started, let me tell you something, this is so embarrassing because I've been pro-therapy for a long time. I just never found somebody that I felt comfortable. And and I think that, that um, Diversity inclusion is huge here, right? Because I would be talking to, you know, a 26-year-old white woman that's connected to my community health center. And as I'm telling her what I'm dealing with, she's like, oh, my gosh, really? What? Here? And I'm like, yeah, girl, I don't know if you're going to be able to help me out. You know, so I finally, during this pandemic, dealing with my own stuff, trying to practice what I'm out here preaching, found a therapist through my um, insurance and they're actually doing free telemedicine right now. So the therapist is being compensated, but I'm not paying any extra out of pocket, which was a super cool find, just something that, you know, my insurance happens to be doing. So check into that listeners. If you are insured and you're not sure where to start, I called the number on the back of the card. That <laughs> is it is right where it there. All and they will tell you exactly, you know, what's covered at what percentage or fully and yep. offer you a list of providers. They so, emailed yes. it to me while I was yep. still on the phone with them. Yep. So Absolutely. I finally, for the first time in my life, found a therapist who I have seen four times. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I've never been back to anybody like that. <laughs> <laughs> But one of the things that has been difficult for me personally is taking off that that my own internalized stigma, releasing that, right? Because if I need therapy, then I must be crazy. And if I'm crazy, then I'm not sure that's something that I want to be dealing with right now or whatever. So now that I'm doing it, I'm like, I have cried two out of the four times. And when I say cried, like... The last time there was a moment where I just had to pause and release. I couldn't even explain to her what I needed or why I felt that way. But it was just like to have somebody whose undivided attention is on you, holding space for you, helping you articulate wounds and, and, and burdens that you've carried for decades, knowingly or unknowingly. I just had to pause and release. And you know what she said while I cried? 
nothing. Let it out. Nothing. She yep. didn't say nothing. That. She just exactly. held that space and let me in. And yep. I said, okay, I obviously needed this a long time ago, <laughs> but I'm glad to be having access to it now. What would you say to the person who maybe is afraid of how going to therapy or starting therapy will look to, to the men, to the, the strong black women who have always kept mm-hmm. themselves, everyone and everything together? What would you say to help them maybe consider, especially in this time of, of, you know, for some crisis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you my spiel and then I'm going to transition kind of like into this idea of resiliency. Okay. So, um, you mentioned our men, the black men, the strong black woman, Mm -hmm. um, The idea that we were designed to take it all on and hold it all in, those are lies. And those are lies that we have internalized and worn as a badge of honor. And those are lies that lead to intergenerational trauma, to diabetes, to high blood pressure, to cancer, and in some ways, without us knowing it, kill us. Now, I'm not saying that there are, that there is not benefit in, in, in being strong. I think there's a difference between being strong and and being resilient. And part of being resilient is about having balance. Okay. Again, we, we, when you think about all the things that a person in a la- lifetime or even a half lifetime has to endure and encounter, Mm-hmm. The notion that we are built to be that resilient, to be that quote unquote strong and never have a space, like you said, for us to be held is mm-hmm. a lie. Yes, ma'am. I, I'm so glad that you linked into what that causes to our community specifically the diabetes, the hypertension, the cancer, the, the just caring, trying the, the to care. The asthma, the respiratory problems, right? I mean, like, right. It, it just, The yeah. alopecia. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, all, I could right, go all on these and on. autoimmune things, yes. all these autoimmune things that, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's like, well, well, it runs in my family. Well, it, it, it runs it in your black family. <laughs> it does, that's right. Um, oh my goodness. That's so good. Balance the difference. So, so you're saying the difference between being strong, which is often a a badge of honor and and a lie and being truly resilient is balance and balance. We can't have balance if we are neglecting self. Exactly. If we're always pushing through, right, where we're always this, this kind of like, um, this moral, like martyr, right? We kind of take everything off, right? We don't have to like, you know, I, I somewhat jokingly say to some of, some of my patients that we're trying to achieve like more balanced, better self-care is like, right. 
Jesus has already died on the cross for us, right? We've already had Mahatma Gandhi, like, right? With Mother Teresa. Like, you don't, you don't have to make yourself this martyr or put on this right. image for everybody else. So, and, and we don't have to push through and push forward at all costs. Right. And it's also not about total avoidance. Okay. That's the other thing, right? Well, okay. So we can either be out there and be brave and do all these things or push through, push through, push through, or we can avoid. Mm, I see what you're saying. And maybe that looks like not going to the doctor. Maybe that means something as small as just not even acknowledging or recognizing that, that thing that person said to us hurt. Right. Ooh, that's so good. Right. So it's not about pushing through and it's not about avoiding. Got it. It's about balance. It's about balance. So some days I might be able to be all the things and other days I can turn my phone off. I can not log into social media. I can do whatever I need in that moment, which might be getting outside. Like you mentioned earlier, it might be taking some time to myself in my room, if that's what's available to me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. doing that without guilt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's that's so great to hear because I think the guilt part is the flip side of the coin, especially for us older millennials. It's like, okay, I watched my mom do it all, yeah. never yeah. ask for help, never treat herself. I also watched my mom aorta split from top to bottom. You know what I'm saying? So so I don't want to be in that cycle, but at the same time, because I'm not, because my mother scratch cooked every meal I ever ate until I moved out of her house. And when I tell you I did not have processed food until I moved out, I tell you no lies. So now me, so now me as a mother, there's a little bit of guilt. When I'm like, yeah. you know what, mommy needs some time. Why don't you microwave a hot pocket? Make sure you have there some you vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, balance. I love that. Lauren, thank you so much for taking some time out of this gorgeous day. I don't know what it's like in California, but in Washington. It is beautiful here. It yeah. is so beautiful um, to talk with us, to come on the, the podcast and, and share some tips about accessing care and some tips for navigating not just the pandemic space, but, you know, life in general with all that yeah. we carry and, and deal with. Where can listeners find you if they're interested in uh, connecting with you offline? Yeah, or should I so- say online? <laughs> Right at this point, it would be online. Um, so if um, so, I, I do um, see clients um, in a private practice setting. Um, they they need to be within the state of California because that's why I'm currently licensed. Gotcha. Um, future state, other states in the future. Um, but I'm listed on Psychology Today, which in general is just a fabulous. It, it's basically the hub for finding a therapist. Okay, okay. Um, so Psychology Today, and you can put anything from like your zip code to the type of therapist you're looking for, whether it's gender or um, race or ethnicity or specializations for treatment, whatever. Um, I'm also um, on therapy for black girls so that's uh, I guess a plug for them as well um, I'm listed there and um, I do not have a social media handle that that's is one, that's actually one of the ways that I kind of uh, 
take care of myself at this point in time, which Amen. is by not over indulging too much in, in that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I love that. And I think that that's something we all need to hear too, because we hear all the time, what, you have a business? You have to be on so No, you don't. Actually, you don't. You can yeah. run your business wonderfully. Well, you know, I will put the link to your Psychology Today profile um, that will take listeners to the site where they can look around in their state as well. And uh, again, thank you so much for taking time out to talk with us. You are so welcome. Thank you, Devin. And thank you for checking out another episode of the Purple Stethoscope. Make sure that you look at the show notes. The show notes is where I put the information about things that we cover in these interviews, like the link to Dr. Lauren's practice in psychology today, the link to therapy for black girls, and other information on how you can access therapy at low or no cost. I hope y'all are enjoying this beautiful Mother's Day. And until next time, eat fresh and dance. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Purple Stethoscope. I'm your host, Devin Nixon, family nurse practitioner. You can find me on social media at D the NP. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now Patreon. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and share this episode and then head over to Patreon to see how you can further support this work. (laughs) 